Hola, bienvenidos to another episode of Radio Pulso. My name is Kevin Martinez, and I will be co-hosting today with Kate Valdez. How are you doing today, Kate? Hi, Kevin. I'm doing really well. It feels so good to be back as we welcome summer. Not excited about this summer heat, but, you know, how it gets in L.A. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be a very hot summer. But yeah, just very quickly, we want our audience to know that we are a radio program and podcast brought to you by the community news outlet, Boyle High to Beat. This is a program that trains local high school students to publish a community newspaper, and it also produces its very own podcast. So what do we have going on today, Kate? Well, as I'm sure many of y'all know, June is actually Pride Month. So in lieu of that, we will be highlighting Pride for this episode. So on that note, Kevin, what do you usually do for Pride? What does that month look like for you? Well, my birthday is in June. Hey. <laughs> so I start, I always start, obviously, the first week of June celebrating my birthday. It's on June 3rd. In addition to that, like, I actually attended my first Pride this uh, month, uh, like, in L.A., in L.A., uh, this this past weekend, I was at the Boy Heights, uh, Boy Heights Pride event, the first one in I think ever. Right? Yeah, it was the first annual Pride Fest. Yeah, so exciting. so I, I I did that this year, um, and then I've I've been wanting to go to a Pride in LA since I moved back to LA, um, but then the pandemic hit. But um, yeah, I mean my first Pride ever was in Salt Lake City, Utah, where where I used to live, where I went to school, and it was interesting. How does that compare to just this Boyle Heights first oh, annual Pride I Fest? Mean, <laughs> I mean, Salt Lake City, it's a predominantly white city and state. So you can imagine, right? Like, it was just, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it was just this, the ambiance, the, um, just the celebration just felt different. Of course. And, uh, I mean, it was cool, right, for it being my first uh, Pride. Uh, it was fun. But, yeah, definitely, uh in comparison to the one in Boyle Heights, it just seemed like I was more in community, more like at home. You of know, course, like no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was just uh, a, a different vibe overall. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, what about you? Uh, well, I myself have actually never been to a Pride event uh, for some reason. I've always wanted to like make my way out, especially in the month of June, either to like WeHo. Um, I regret not going to the Boyle Heights one because I always think to myself like, hey, like WeHo always has something going on right for the entire month of June. But I kind of thought how it was unfortunate that Boyle Heights didn't have its own Pride Fest. Mm -hmm. um, so when I heard about it, I was like, that sounds like really, really cool. Um, but I had other plans. That always happens, right? Like I always want to make my way out, but it just doesn't doesn't go through. But actually, Saturday night, I went to this. Um, uh, it was like a sort of like a Pride event slash like summer event at the Broad. Um, it was basically like a compilation of performances um, from folks that identify as LGBTQI+. Um, some of the, it was like an open mic. One of them was a poet. Other people were just like musicians, um, all artists, right? And then the exhibits were actually open like themselves. So the event was from 8 to 11 um, p.m. So it was really cool uh, spending time at a museum after hours, you know, and they had like alcohol and oh, beer and wine. Fun. Um, yeah, and I just went with my girlfriend and she was the one that actually invited me and I was like, yeah, like, let's, let's do it. Like I've never actually done a pride event like that. Um, so it was actually my first it, since forever. I've, I've never actually done anything like that. Um, and it was just something new, you know, it was like a new experience, which I always welcome. I'm always open to, um, trying something, you know? Um, and I think we were just both, um, 
I don't know. It was it was a little bit different. We felt a little bit out of our comfort zone only because maybe we both have never um, been to an event like that where the mm -hmm. energy is is uh, like really um, palpable, right? And it's a little mm -hmm. bit different to what we're used to. But you know, like I said, it's always nice to get out of your shell a little bit and just experience new things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all, all in all, it was like really exciting, and I really liked being able to spend time in a museum after hours. I think that was the biggest <laughs> the biggest uh, takeaway for me. Um, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Was it also the first time for your partner to like? It was. A, a yeah. Like yeah. So she just recently moved to L.A., right? So she had met, like, I mean, the scene where she was, uh, where she lived originally, it was nothing like um, L.A. Um, so it was definitely her first time, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds fun. <laughs> it, yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, they will have the events like over the course of the summer. So it's like a mm -hmm. three day thing. And that Saturday was the, the first the first day for the for the rest of it. Um, but yeah, uh, I really, I mean, June's not over yet, so right. hopefully I can make my way out to another Pride Fest, whether it's here in LA or um, WeHo or San Diego, whatever it might be. I, d I did hear that there's one in July happening in uh, Long Beach. In Long Beach? Or something like, like the first week of July. Interesting. I might make my yeah. way out there, yeah. I heard. I, I love Long Beach, <laughs> yeah. I feel like the energy and the community over there is like really great. It yeah. kind of like... I feel like it, it could easily be Boyle Heights, so yeah, <laughs> I could see myself enjoying it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with on that note, uh, for this episode, we will be highlighting and honoring queer and trans folks in the community. Today, we will be interviewing youth activists for the Latinx LGBTQIA plus community, Alex Medina. Alex Medina is a 2018 alumnus of the Boyle Heights B and recent 2022 graduate of Hamilton College in upstate New York. During his youth and time as a student at Bravo Medical Magnet High School in Boyle Heights, Alex served as an activist for the Latinx LGBTQIA community through organizations such as Latino Equality Alliance, the Gender and Sexuality Alliance Network, and the LA LGBT Center. Now, back in Boyle Heights, Alex hopes to continue growing as a journalist and activist by becoming a mentor for youth in the community to give back and offer the same support he received growing up. So with that, it is my pleasure to introduce Alex, who is here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us to highlight Pride Month. So let's jump right into it. How are you, Alex? Hola, I'm doing well. It's nice to be home back in L.A. and enjoying the weather. <laughs> That's great to hear. Um, so we're going to jump into this interview. And Kevin, you can go ahead and take it away. Yeah, w welcome, Alex. Nice to uh, finally meet you. I've heard great things about you. Um, so with the first question that we have is how do you self-identify? So I identify as a gay man who is also Latino. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And can you share a little bit about like, like what does pride mean to you? Like how, how do you, how have you, yeah, like how, how do you embrace it? Or like, yeah, overall, like how, how has it meant for you? Yeah, pride means a lot of different things for me. I feel like it really depends on the context I'm in, especially because the community, um, well, the LGBT community and also the Latino community and just every community, I feel like there's like a lot of different things that affect how you present yourself and how you experience a certain space. So I feel like it depends on the context I'm in, like when it comes to, well, pride during June or pride in general as like when I'm celebrating my identity as a gay man. I feel like it really represents kind of like, um, well, just being yourself and kind of feel like as someone with intersectional identities, I feel like 
how I choose to embrace and how I experience like that aspect of my identity really depends on the spaces I'm in. And I feel like that the kind of like view of pride kind of came through my experiences growing up as a gay Latino man, which I feel like um is unique in that most of the spaces that are um queer identifying or like queer supportive spaces I feel like are oftentimes predominantly white especially in Los Angeles, which is the city I grew up in. So I feel like how I experience pride in those spaces is a lot different than I would in somewhere like Boa Heights in East LA. Um, but yeah, generally, it's just uh, being yourself and embracing who you are as a person and, you know, just loving who you want to love. Definitely. Um, so, I mean, you lived in upstate New York. Um did you ever had the opportunity to attend like a pride event over there and like how was it i mean you, you mentioned how like even in la it was super white right like some of those events like would you say if you did well first of all did you have the chance to attend a pride event up there not specifically like i was involved with like the um queer and trans group at my college which at the time was called the queer student union but then we changed the name to the gender and sexuality alliance and before that it was known as the Rainbow Alliance, but even then, like in that space, it was predominantly white, and there was a lot of discourse in terms of like why queer and trans people of color didn't really feel comfortable in those sorts of spaces. And as someone who was a person of color in those spaces, there was like a lot of I don't know, it was just complicated. But I feel like, um, definitely speaking on that, I feel like yeah, it's not the same vibe in a sense, especially because like if it was in, like in New York City, I feel like it'd be similar to LA in terms of like West Hollywood pride and like those spaces. But I feel like since it was in upstate New York, which is like a pretty conservative part of New York in my area, was generally like very conservative. I feel like um, yeah, those spaces weren't as open, but the people, in a sense, were kind of. But yeah, I feel like at the college. It, I was involved in those sorts of different groups and stuff. So what was the like acclimation process like for you um, experiencing those spaces? Like you said, like it was the, the vibes and the environment was a little bit different. So how did you acclimate moving away from your hometown um, and going on to this new environment that's just a little bit different to what you're used to? I feel like it took me a really long time to like adjust to those sorts of spaces, especially because like it's such a like a niche location. And like I'm pretty sure I was like one of three people from LA and like mm -hmm. even the people from LA that go to like those random colleges that random call yeah <laughs> I don't know how to explain it <laughs> but even people who were from LA who went to that school and are from LA who go to like different schools on like the east coast generally they're not really from east LA or Boa Heights they're like from west Hollywood north Hollywood or like there were some people that asked like oh, where are you from and they're like LA and then I asked them where and then they'd be like oh Orange County and I'd be like oh okay <laughs> Like um, San Fernando Valley. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, well, actually, it's, um, what's it called? Or Sacramento. A what? <laughs> I don't know. That's not even LA. <laughs> I don't know. I have the geography wrong. Yeah, but, um, I just feel like, yeah, even, like, being from LA, it's, like, very unique in being from, well, like, predominantly black and Latinx communities in Los Angeles because I feel like that's such a unique experience and that kind of also goes into, like, being queer and a person of color I feel like it's yeah so it just took a long time for me to adjust and even then like when I felt adjusted to those spaces it felt like people still weren't adjusted to having me in those spaces mm -hmm. um which definitely is like was a problem my for my f full four years there and even like 
even like up until like when my parents were there for my graduation even they experienced that in a sense so i feel like it's just really hard and i feel like that's just like the experience of being a person of color in like predominantly white spaces in general although i feel like things are getting better it just feels like yeah it's just complicated but i feel like that goes back into what i said about how i experience pride depending on the spaces the context of it yep. of course well i just want to say like i mean yeah just hearing that like it, it really reiterates like what we already know but hearing you say it like first person narrative like it kind of just changes things for me like just listening to you just talk about it so i want to thank you for just being vulnerable like you know like right off the bat you talked about your family a little bit so i kind of want to ask initially how was the lgbtqia community um perceived in your family before and how is it currently perceived within your family and your parents your, your immediate family at that so i feel like early on growing up before i came out to my parents which was around when i was 13 i think um it just generally wasn't talked about but like in the spaces i was involved with especially because i used to be like a monagio or an altar boy when i was little for like eight years somehow it was definitely seen as a negative thing in those spaces in those religious spaces but my parents never really commented on it or anything like that or even like my family generally there'd just be like i feel like in a lot of latino communities there's just generally words that are used that are just homophobic in general yeah. and even though like people may not express those views and may not like be homophobic or something like even those words kind of like make you feel like they're homophobic in yeah. a sense um but I feel like um, generally my family just didn't really talk about it. But then when I came out, they were very supportive and stuff. And especially um, both of my parents and they both told my siblings. And I have uh, two brothers, one sister. And they've all been supportive of me since I came out and stuff. But yeah, and then they got super involved with the community and stuff, which I could talk more about. Well, let's let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So um, you say that your parents have gotten much more involved in the community ever since you came out to them. So what does that look like? Yeah, so this actually goes into, like, my experience with, um, well, high speed in a sense, because, like, while I was out, like, my parents, like, still weren't really involved in the community until I wrote an article for the Boa Heights Beat, I believe it was my second one, about the, um, Latino Equality Alliance, um, and Mi Centro in Boa Heights, which is, like, the LGBT center there, and after Eddie always has, like, the story about, like, my mom, it's, like, mad dramatic, but it's, <laughs> ma but it's also mad funny, um, like she just like after she got the article that I wrote about the center and stuff, she just like pulled up to me centro, and they were like, "Hola, cómo estás?" And then she just like had the article and she was like, "Es this mijo?" <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah, she got dramatic, but she just got involved with that, and then she got my parents, she got in, she got my dad involved in the groups too and stuff because there's this group called like um P flag, which is print or. The acronym doesn't mean the same thing it used to, but it used to be pa parents and friends of lesbians and gays. But now it's just like P flag, just to be more general, um, and more supportive of like the community or like the other aspect or the other identities within the community. And um, yeah, they got involved with that group. But even there, that kind of like was a predominantly white space. So then I know the group has like a subsection called P flag in Espanol, mm -hmm. which is a more supportive towards like Latinx and Spanish speaking. Um, folks and things like that so they got involved with those groups and started helping like other parents especially like latino parents um because there's like a lot of homophobia and machismo in the or not always but like generally, generally i feel speaking. like um there's a lot of that there 
and I feel like that's something that was really impactful for me in terms of like feeling supported because I knew that they were also helping like other families like become more accepting and like um raising awareness around like what it means to be queer and trans and things like that so I feel like um yeah they were just like they just got super involved with that group and through that they got involved with like other organizations predominantly helping like other parents like them and things like that and they've been doing that since for a long time yeah I think since I was 15 so it's been seven years that they've been doing that yeah they're very old (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome like first like not only that your parents you know were accepting right of you but also that they took that step to like learn more about about it and like ultimately become activists themselves and like educate other parents right on the importance of accepting and just like embrace and yeah just like being supportive of it so like i think that's like a model to follow like other parents right it's like one thing is to yes like accept your own family but also like taking that next step and like educate others on that on that uh on on just this concept right that i feel like there's a lot of like myths right of false information and um I just want to commend your parents for that. That's 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 awesome. Um, I'm really curious to uh, to to know more about your experience with like Mi Centro and like I mean you were heavily involved with um, Lea and the LA LGBT Center, but like what like how did those spaces? Um, you mentioned Eddie earlier. Like how did those? Um, uh, I, I guess yeah, community spaces help you right in, in feeling safe and feeling perhaps empowered uh, to embrace your identity and also be an activist yeah so i definitely feel like in terms of like having an intersectional space like mi centro which is predominant or just in general for um latino queer and trans folks i feel like that was something that was affirming in terms of like because i was involved in those spaces before i went to mi centro but like i mentioned earlier that they were predominantly white and um experiences there are like very different i feel like depending on or the other intersectional identities you have as a person so i feel like having a space that was specifically made to cater towards or like be supportive of like the unique needs of latino queer and trans folks i feel like that was something that was really affirming and also something that i felt like highlighted the need to address like the unique issues that come with being um or the unique issues that face like um queer and trans latinos and latinas and latinx folks in general um yeah so it was very affirming in that sense and i feel like the different things i did within that space also helped me to help other um youth like me and other um folks who were going through similar things as me and like bring that work from that space into my own high school and like different spaces and kind of like expand on that to be able to support more people because my experience was like or like with having supportive parents i feel like i was able to do more mi- with my identity to like support other people who might not have had supportive parents thank you for sharing um I'm, I'm, i guess a follow-up question is in terms of like your friends right like your circle of friends how did you feel supported by them by them right and yeah like like what was that like what kind of changes as i got older and stuff because i feel like when i was younger folks definitely weren't accepting but i feel like that was more towards like the awareness aspect of the thing like i feel like when i was 
I think in middle school before I came out to my friends like I had a, like a lot of friends who just stopped hanging out with me because they were like oh you're gonna turn us gay which is again like going into like misconceptions around the community and stuff like that and I feel like um but yeah later on I just feel like generally over the past 10 years and especially with like the passing of like gay marriage which was again like seven years ago it wasn't too long ago I feel like um awareness around the community has definitely changed and like considering um the type of people I tend to surround myself with I feel like folks are gen or yeah just accepting in general and that aspect of my identity doesn't really like go into how we are as friends because like I said it's just like one aspect of my identity and it's not really something that goes into like conversations really it's like a it's just part of it yeah just like a part of my identity and stuff and i feel like um yeah people just generally are accepting and they're just like especially during pride month yay (laughs) um yeah i feel like folks are just generally supportive especially like out there in the community i feel like not always but they're probably going to be supportive and then straight allies i feel like are supportive yeah just by treating me like a normal person i feel you pointed out like uh, straight allies so i kind of want to get in i kind of want to get deeper into that so my question is what are some ways that an individual who identifies as straight uh can be an ally to the lgbtqia plus community yeah so i feel like being an ally and being accepting are like two very different things i feel like generally like everyone just should be accepting but being an ally like i feel like allyship is more of like an action in terms of like um well kind of like spreading that acceptance like folks who might not be accepting or just standing up for folks whenever there's a situation where someone might be feeling uncomfortable or just generally like um doing things that are generally supportive i feel like i like respecting people's pronouns and um kind of just like making it clear that certain spaces are like supportive of um queer and trans folks and yeah and i feel like just highlighting or making sure that certain issues revolving around the community are like brought up and that there is awareness around that and generally not always but like for folks with money there's like ways to donate that money to organizations that are supportive of the community even though capitalism and rainbow capitalism kind of gets a little complicated Most but definitely. yeah yeah i mean if anything i feel like what you just dis- what you shared with us about your parents like i think that that's like the epitome of what a perfect ally looks like you know like just taking initiative educating yourself holding those safe spaces right with other latinx parents um to have these difficult conversations and make sure that you're creating a safe space for your child right mm-hmm. so yeah definitely so with all your previous work that you've done as a youth activist back when you were still in boyle heights the last used la um and now that you've graduated college what impact do you ultimately hope to have in the lgbtqia plus community so i feel like as someone who is like not really a youth anymore and more of like an adult i definitely feel like i want to be supportive of other um or be supportive of more of like the younger generation of queer and trans folks especially in like certain spaces because i feel like even though um things are getting better there are still like a lot of folks who have like a very negative experience when it comes to um how they experience the world especially when it comes to being intersectional being like um latino and queer and trans and things like that so i feel like i definitely want to serve as like more of a mentor and give back to folks who are getting involved in those spaces that i was involved in when I was younger and things like that and I also feel like something I'm even though the issue is like really complicated I feel like I'm helping to try addressing homelessness in terms of I'm not sure how I'm gonna help with that but that's generally something I want to do because I feel like um or 
I know that a lot of youth who are homeless are queer and trans predominantly. I believe it's like over half. Um, and especially in LA and I feel like that's predominantly an issue relating to acceptance in ho homes and family or in homes. Yeah, especially in like Latino homes and or just any people of color homes. I feel like the experience there is a lot different and oftentimes like people get kicked out of their homes and that's why there's a lot of queer and trans um, homeless youth in Los Angeles and stuff. So I feel like that's something I definitely want to try helping out with and I feel like the LGBT center has sort of been kind of-ish um, leaning towards addressing that issue. I know they have like a center in West Hollywood that's a housing center to kind of like help folks who are young and part of the LGBTQI plus community um, kind of get back on their feet and provide like housing for them and also provide an opportunity to work for them. So I feel like that's something I definitely want to get involved with because that's an issue that I've noticed a lot and an issue that yeah, it's just a big issue that I want to help out with. And, yeah, just giving back to the community and being a mentor. I feel like that's something I want to hopefully do. Well, is there anything that you would like to add? Um, you know, as I mean, we've covered a wide range of topics, and topics themes, yeah. experiences. Um, but as we reach kind of like the end of the interview, is there anything that you would like to add and share with our audience members? Happy Pride. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, just be who you are. You know, and, um, yeah, just, you know, be who you are. And, um, yeah, and always feel comfortable being yourself in whatever space you're in, even if other folks aren't comfortable with you there. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Pride. Feliz Orgullo. <laughs> Well, that's, a, that's the perfect way to end this interview. It's very touching. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us, Alex. We really appreciate, like I said earlier, um, you sharing and uh, being vulnerable with all of us here, um, sharing your experiences and your insights and challenges that it, that's come with um, your self-identity. So we really appreciate you being here with us. Well, that's a wrap for our Radio Pulso podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kate Valdez. And I'm Kevin Martinez. If you want to pitch us an idea for the radio show or our newspaper, send us an email at boyheightsbeat at gmail.com. That's boyheightsbeat at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from all of you as we pride ourselves in offering noticias por y para la comunidad, or we'd even love to have you on our show. Also, make sure to check us out on social media to stay up to date. You can follow our Radio Pulso IG account at Radio Pulso, that's triple R, Radio Pulso. Uh, and thanks to the people who make Boyle Heights be possible, especially Chris Kelly and Antonio Mejias Rentas. A huge thank you to our radio producer, Jackie Ramirez, who also engineered our show today. You'll hear from us next in July, so please don't forget to tune in. Until then, suerte Boyle Heights. Nos vemos en la calle.